Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Hey guys, welcome to I've Never Said This Before with me, Tommy D'Addario. This is the first episode of this show and I am so excited you are tuning in. So during the pandemic, it was March 2020, the world shut down and my job stopped. I wasn't going on television and doing my my feel-good segments and my celebrity interviews. So I had to pivot and I was sitting home wondering what was I going to do? Was I going to contribute during this scary time or was I going to do something to help people feel connected and together and close to the people that they admired? And that's what I did. So I launched an Instagram live show. It was called Let's Stay Together, where I brought on today's hottest actors from films and TV shows, and we dove deep into the projects that fans loved, and then we went there on some other more human connection type of questions. It was a a five-day-a-week show for quite some time, and then as the world began reopening, we scaled it back, but it was something that I had a very big aha moment doing, and that aha was... People don't just want to hear about the highs in somebody's life, right? They want to hear about the lows. They want to learn about what they went through and what they took away from that low. I wanted to do the show because I think it's so important to have conversations that go deep. And when I'm on the red carpet, I don't get the chance to do that. And I see the people I'm interviewing, they're craving it. They want to go there, right? We're just about to get there. And then we run out of time. So this is the space to have the time to go there. Because I think that's where we can all connect to one another. You see the shine, you see the glitz, you see the glamour. It's smoke and mirrors. We're all stripped down. I want to show people that we all have a lot more in common than we don't. This is a show where people who pretend to be someone else for a living have a chance to be real. Today's guest is, no big deal, one of the most talked about actors in the world right now. Hunter Duhon grew up in Fort Smith, Atlanta, where he had big dreams of making it in Hollywood. And I think it's safe to say, he did just that. You may know him from his co-starring role as Brian Cranston's son in Your Honor on Showtime, or of course as Tyler in Wednesday on Netflix, starring in one of the most popular shows in the history of Netflix ever, where he plays Jenna Ortega's love interest turned villain. 
And on a personal note, I am so psyched that season two has been announced because, well, we all need more of his brilliant character work playing the evil monster known as the Hyde. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Now, let's see if today we can get Hunter to say something that he has never said before. Okay, I've got to ask you first before we dive in. I was on your Instagram doing a little scrolling, and I noticed there was a picture of you as a kid giving the middle finger. (laughs) And I'm a little scared that that might happen to me today if you don't like the interview, but you got to give me the backstory on that. Yeah, that's a warning to everyone I do an interview with. (laughs) Um, So behave. No, that's, I think the credit or blame for that goes to my mom for (laughs) encouraging me to take that picture and taking it. She's the best and has a very immature sense of humor. So were you a spicy kid? Was that your default? I think I was like little, but then when I was in like high school, like not at all, I was like kind of lame. I was just running around the theater department and got very involved in my like youth group church. I was like not going to part like drinking parties as me and my friends called them. (laughs) So you were a good boy. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. But obviously that phase maybe didn't last through your work because you kind of play a bad boy in Wednesday, right? Yeah. Spoiler alert, but you've had two months. Come on, people catch up. Yeah, it was so fun. Kind of got to play both. I was kind of like the nice guy for seven episodes. And then, you know, we wanted that like big shift to happen on the last one. And it was so much fun getting to play the villain. And I'm so excited. I think last time we talked, I couldn't say anything because I didn't know, but we are officially coming back for a second season. So I get to like start off the second season in that place, which is going to be so much fun. Wow. That's huge. Congratulations to you. I know that waiting for that renewal is always a bit nerve wracking, right? Like, you know how popular the show is, but did you still have a little bit of worry or fear about getting renewed? Yeah, I kind of went through like seven stages of grief about it. I was like thinking it was like for sure going to happen. And then it, it took so long. We weren't really sure what was going on. And then there's all these like crazy articles coming out saying it might switch to Amazon, which I was like, that can't be true and then it you know then we got the good news and if i can feel i can finally breathe well well deserved i mean this show i don't have to tell you but it broke all sorts of netflix records wednesday is truly in my opinion one of the the freshest shows of all of 2022 i think it was done so beautifully it also had a great record the show twice broke the record for the most hours viewed in a single week by an english language tv series I'm curious to know, where were you in your life personally and professionally when the opportunity for this amazing role came up for you? Well, I had come off another show that was like a dream come true to be on. was Your Honor on Showtime, and it was so much fun. But it was supposed to be a limited series, and my character dies in the last episode. And so it was like, okay, you know, like what a great ending. And then it got renewed for a second season because it did so well. But I was like, oh, well, I don't get to be a part of that. And so I was really bummed. And then 
it kind of all worked out for the best because if I had still been doing that show, I couldn't have done Wednesday. And yeah, it was like, it came along and it just like a great, great time for me. That was like so much fun getting that call. So you got the call. Then what mm-hmm. happened? Then started kind of, you know, getting to work on it because the audition process was long. It was like, I think I, the f- first tape I did was February and then I didn't find out I got the role until July. And then we were going to go to Romania to shoot in September. And so then I just started, you know, getting the scripts and like breaking everything down and actually trying to figure out this character. I like finally got the official word that I was the bad guy because during the audition process, they didn't want to, you know, officially tell anyone what the real deal was with Tyler. So I think I told you the last time we spoke, it was like, they gave me a clue. Like he has a dark secret. And I was like, is it, you know, the dark secret? And they wouldn't like officially tell me, but then after booking it, I got on the phone with Alan miles, our like amazing writers. And they kind of broke down the whole history of Tyler and how the whole first season was going to play out for me. Were you hoping that you were the character with the dark secret? Did you want to sink your teeth into it? Oh, yeah. I mean, that just, for me, that felt like the most exciting element to what could possibly be a part of this character. So how do you prepare for something like that? You kind of have this Jekyll Hyde character. You play the good guy and you play the bad guy. Is it double the work, double the prep? How do you get into that bad guy frame of mind? What did you do to really nail this character? Because you did it flawlessly. Ah, thanks. I mean, I actually got the original like Jekyll and Hyde novel and read through that and like used a lot of that for inspiration. <laughs> that book is funny though, as it like holds up as a horror story in today's because like you know horror is like come so far and is so intense nowadays. And that leading that book is like a whole chapter would be like. And he received a mysterious letter. And that would be like the big scare of the chapter. But like something I took from that was the more that he turns into Mr. Hyde and that the like lines between them get blurred and like Hyde kind of takes over for him. And so we kind of talked about that the same for Tyler, like the more he's transitions into the Hyde and the more kills he does, the more that kind of takes over and like, you know, the real Tyler is kind of pretty much gone by the end of the first season. Wow. Yeah. The show ended on that total transformation for your character, which was so satisfying as a viewer to see. You had the scene, I was in an episode seven or eight where you were in the police station or the court, the police station, yeah, right? And you just yeah, changed. Episode eight. Tell me about that scene. What was it like filming that? Yeah, the police station scene, that was kind of like the real, you know, reveal for me because she has the vision at the end of episode seven, but they've kind of spent the whole season reminding people that her visions may not be able to be trusted. And then we start off episode eight, and I'm still playing against it, saying, you know, tied up in chains, like, how could you do this to me? And then I've never been more nervous or excited or prepared more for a scene than that police station scene. Cause I was like the villain monologue that you hope to have. And you know, it ends with me talking about like, killing people and saying it was delicious. <laughs> wow. How much work would you say you put into a scene like that before you film it? How many times do you run it and practice it? Does it consume you until you actually do it? Yeah. We were waiting on that script for a while 
And I knew that Tyler was aware that he was the bad guy. Mine like was the high, like wasn't like a secret to him, but I didn't know what extent. And, you know, just even, you know, logistically the dialogue of how he did it revealed it. No, but once I got it, yeah, I immediately started breaking it down and also just going back throughout the season and trying to make sure everything I'd done is adding up and making sense now that I had all eight scripts. Well, that's what's amazing about how you play this role. You don't kind of let on throughout the show that you could be the bad guy. Everyone you're kind of suspecting as you're watching, like, oh, are they the hide? Are they the hide? Are they the hide? So you have these feelings of, oh, it could be anyone, but you were so not the obvious choice for me. I maybe thought that early on, but then I'm like, eh, no, it's not him. So that was all deliberate. We didn't want to make it obvious, and I felt like I didn't have to, you know, leave any like hints for people because it was so well-crafted like in a story and every time if you like go back and watch that Wednesday sees the hide and it's like he's followed her or something it's Tyler knows where Wednesday's gonna be and you know people even put it together on TikTok that when she has the vision of Eugene getting attacked at the dance there's a split second where she bumps into me and that's why she has the vision you know and that was some a shot you know that Tim designed from above that we had to do over and over again, trying to like make sure it was there, but not too obvious. So well done. And you and Jenna Ortega in this show have such a great chemistry and it feels like you've known each other forever. Like that's just how the relationship unravels on screen. And that's how working together really comes off as how was it forming that bond with Jenna and starting the character work together? What did you guys do to get to that place? Honestly, we just kind of, became friends in real life and just spent a lot of time together on set because I mean most of my scenes are just the two of us which was so lucky for me she's phenomenal as this character I reached out to her after I was cast and we met up for coffee here in LA before we went over just to like you know before we like jump into this giant show and make sure we like met in person And I don't know, being over in Romania as a cast in general, we all kind of bonded really quickly because we were all away from home, all away from our families and friends. So the only people we had to hang out with, you know, was each other. Uh, You know, Jenna was on set, though, almost 24-7 because, I mean, you look at the show and she's almost in every single frame of it. And to be honest, like, I mean, she's just so easy to work with because she's phenomenal and she gives you so much as an actor to like bounce off of. Was there a scene that you shot together that was more difficult and you just really wanted to master and just make sure it came off perfectly? Did you two work really extra hard at a particular scene? I think the episode eight had a few of those with like the police station thing. And then you know, she has the scene right before that with you know the sheriff and the principal. I think it's always interesting to watch her navigate, you know, how Wednesday reacts in these like high stress moments because she doesn't respond the same way other people would. And then earlier than that, I think the legally blonde scene and when we're like having the date and then like just trying to like build a romantic relationship with Wednesday Adams, like I would kind of be like, okay, are we 
selling this enough. And then, you know, some people like I saw online were making fun of a moment in episode four when Tyler says, you know, you keep giving me these signals and everyone's like, what signals? She isn't giving you anything. But then I was able to realize, you know, he's kind of gaslighting her the whole time anyway and like tricking her into having feelings and making her feel like he can, she can trust him. They have this bond of not fitting in with the other nevermore kids. So that was kind of like my way in on some of those scenes. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> People pick out the littlest things in scenes. Oh, yeah. right? Does that surprise you when you see things on TikTok and social media and you're like, wait, that they're interpreting it one way, but it's supposed to be meant another way. Definitely. And I mean, they're so funny. I like, I had to like repost a few, like, I did like a series of like pre-posting memes and TikToks on my Instagram that people had made just because people, the fans are like so funny. And I just like, I mean, I love seeing it. So I like wanted to share it. That's awesome. Yeah. I love seeing all the uh, fan edits and everything, yeah. everything that goes around on social media. It's really cool. The community that has come together through a show like this, I think is incredible. It makes a lot of people feel connected through just being a fan of the show. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. I know the movie was before your time, obviously, but did you watch that growing up or did you kind of have to go back and watch it for the first time? I had seen it growing up, but then I did go rewatch the two nineties movies with Christina Ricci in it over again. Oh. Not really for like character research, more just for like, I was excited about the job. Um, but it was cool. It was like, and I think there's a lot of inspiration, you know, obviously with the, 
whole Thanksgiving play that they do in the Adam's Family Values movie. And then, you know, there's so much Thanksgiving stuff in Pilgrim World and ours. And you know, people kept giving us shit like, why is the show not coming out on Halloween? And I was like, just wait, I swear it makes sense once it comes out. Yeah, and it did. I mean, it's. I thought the timing of it all was perfect. What would you want to see in a season two? I know the writers are brilliant and they're going to take the reins, but if you had a magic ball and you were like, okay, this is what I want, putting it out in the universe, what is it? I want the first scene to just be Tyler having escaped that van post like killing everyone, <laughs> that van covered in blood. And I want to like, I don't know, start the season off like, I think Tyler's going to be totally kind of unhinged because he's in the darkest place he's ever been in. And also he doesn't have, you know, Christina Ricci's character pulling the strings anymore. And so he doesn't have a master. So I think he's going to, you know, hopefully be a little lost. I don't know. I wouldn't explore like, does he get another hide master or what is it like when he's on his own? And then, I mean, I hope for me that like the big arc for my character is like just the like fight between the real Tyler and the Hyde and like which side is going to kind of take over at any point. So do you think there's redemption for Tyler? Could he become a, a straight out good guy? I don't know. Maybe if he's never more people actually let Hyde's into the school. It's- it's not fair. They won't teach him how to control it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Like, can you redeem someone who's like murdered seven people? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a good question. I'm not quite sure. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with no, but <laughs> very curious to see to see how your storyline unfolds. It's definitely, to me, one of the most interesting storylines on the show, really because of that dichotomy, right? Of going back and forth yeah. from, from the good guy to the transforming to the bad guy. When you got that role and you set out on this adventure, you filmed in Romania, you went out for seven months, you were kind of detached from reality. You came back yeah. home, you know, you were waiting for this baby to be put into the world. Did you have any idea that this was going to blow up in the way that it did? No, not at all. Like I was telling someone recently, once I got back home, I kind of like disassociated from it because I spent so long over there. And then I don't know, I was like back home. And then all of a sudden I wasn't seeing the same people every day. And I wasn't seeing any of the same locations because it was so far away. And it kind of felt like it hadn't happened in a weird way. And I was like, oh, and then, you know, I got home and then there was like seven months of us waiting until the show came out after we had wrapped that was really strange. And then I knew like it would be like a thing and that it would like do well. And I've been saying since we started shooting, like I'll be saying, you know, I worked with Dina Ortega when I knew she was going to just be an absolute megastar because she's so great in it. But no, I mean, I don't think anyone could have predicted the like kind of way that it did blow up. You'd be like an insane person to be like, yeah, I think this is going to be more popular than Stranger Things. You know, like, how do you go about saying that? Yeah, well, that's one of the things I love about you. I think, you know, well, I know when we met up in New York for a coffee, yeah. I walked away from that being like, wow, like Hunter is so grounded. And, and with all of the success that came your way with the show, seemingly fast, we'll say, right? Because it got set into the world and, and it just everyone exploded from the show and in the best way possible. 
it doesn't seem like you've let that success affect you in a negative way. It doesn't seem like it's gone to your head or you're buying into it in a way that you've lost who Hunter is as a human being. How do you not let this success that people dream of and that comes really fast and really hard at you not change who you are? Oh, thank you. I don't know. I mean, like, how do you like define like, like why aren't you an asshole? Uh, <laughs> That's the question I want to know. Why aren't you an asshole? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think I like wanted it for, you know, just not the like whatever side of it, but just like the being able to work as an actor for so long. Cause I moved out to LA like 10 years ago and you know, I did extra work for five years and was like, so kind of close to the thing I wanted to do, but like also feeling so far away from it that I don't know. I think I'm like just very aware of how lucky I am to be getting to do it. And yeah, there's like hard work and, and you gotta be good to, to do it, but there's such an incredible amount of luck that goes into it. And, you know, I have so many friends that are actors and I know how talented they are. And I like, but I've seen that they haven't gotten, you know, their big break or whatever. And so I just, you know, I'm trying to you know, always remember that. Yeah. I love that. And another thing that I just love, and it excites me about people like you who have this newfound fast, you know, uh, success and fast in the sense of a show coming out and this happening. I know you've worked your whole life towards this, but I also love that you are a proud out gay man and you play a leading man, a romantic love interest to Jenna's character to Wednesday in the show. Yet you are somebody who is posting on social media, your wedding photos and, you know, your partner. And I think it's such a beautiful thing when I see people like you who are in these roles on such a mainstream show, putting that out there. So I would love to hear a bit about your coming out journey and what that was like for you. I kind of came out when I was like 18 and once I got to LA, it was like, I remember like being at like some house party and just talking to someone and this guy was like, Oh, and you're gay. Right. And I was like, you like froze. And I was like, Yes. And he's like, okay, cool. And just like kept going. I was like, oh wait, it's not like a thing here. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, because I grew up in Arkansas and you know, I mentioned earlier, I got like very involved in like my church youth group when I was in high school. And so that whole process was just kind of a nightmare for me personally. So then I'd been like out for, you know, my entire adult life and then professionally I'd never really thought too much about it until I was doing the testing process for your honor the show on Showtime. And I remember like, as we were gearing up for the network test, which is like the final audition stage for people that don't know, and you have to go in and like, I was going to read with Brian and all of the executives from CBS and Showtime were going to be there and the producers and writers of the show. And so as we were gearing up for that, I remember like combing through my social media and archiving stuff with that had me and Fielder in it together or like anything that I had like was like obvious. I was gay. It was on my page or even accounts I was following because I was like, Oh, I just don't want there to be any element of them being like, why does Adam's not gay. So can Hunter really do that? Because 
I mean, I was a total nobody going up for this, you know, role opposite Brian Cranston. There's so many things already against me. And then it was kind of awful once I got it, because once I got to set, I like had to come out again. It was like, people didn't know. Oh, and that was just felt so uncomfortable to be like, I don't know, doing that for like the first time in like seven, eight years and making it for it to like feel like that again. And to like, you know, everyone on that show's credit, like I remember I was talking to Peter Moffat about all this, who is the showrunner of the show. And he was just like gutted and like heartbroken to like learned that I had done that. And he was like, you know, that, that wouldn't have mattered. And, you know, maybe it wouldn't have, but I just like at the time didn't know. But then after I like went through that experience and then I remember like my friend Grace came to visit me and Brian and other people were like, Oh, so is there something going on between you guys? I was like, Oh God. And I was like, because she came to visit before, you know, my boyfriend had come to visit. I'm like, uh, so like kind of from that point on, I just decided that to me, it wasn't worth it to hide it or, you know, because that just was such a weird experience. So I don't know. I'm sure I'll lose out on some opportunities, but it's just not worth it to, you know, not be yourself in that way. Yeah. I'm hopeful things are changing. They have changed already, but they need to continue to change. And I'm hopeful they will. And that being who you truly are in any industry, hopefully won't affect people in a negative way. And I just, I commend you because I know it's not always easy in our business. Did you ever feel afraid that being out would affect your career? And and did you have any moments where it did, would you say? Yeah, definitely. I've had moments of being afraid and, you know, me and it was funny on your honor, Lily, who played, uh, you know, we were like a couple on the show and she's also queer. And so, you know, we would have a lot of conversations about it and just like, you know, wondering if, you know, maybe not hide it, but should we just like not be so open about it? Just like, you know, should Instagram just be professional stuff or I don't know. So there was definitely a fear to it. And then I'm sure it has affected stuff. And, but that's like kind of the, I I would never hear about that. You know, I would never know which jobs I lost out on because of it, because I think people are smart enough to not say (laughs) because because this is the reason why, but yeah, I don't don't know. I love that. It's worth it for you to live as your authentic self in an industry while pursuing your dreams than it is to maybe achieve a dream that you have at the cost of being who you really are. Yeah. I mean, I, cause I, you know, I told you that story, but I basically did that and it felt horrible. Yeah. I think it's such a great example for so many people who are listening today and for our youth, right. Who are wondering, Oh, should I be coming out? Or is that going to affect me negatively? I think when we see people like you, I think you think, Oh man, well, if Hunter's doing it, yeah, it might not always be easy, but I can have a career and a dream job that I want one day, you know? Yeah. And I mean, there's so many other like actors that, you know, did it before me in a much harder time that made it possible. So, you know, I'm so grateful for those actors. Like, I mean, like Neil Patrick Harris always stands out in my head because, you know, he played like 
you know, a womanizer and was also this out proud gay man. Yeah, it's very possible to be who you are and work. And I think that the more we have stories like yours and see people like you, the more that we're moving in the right direction. It's about damn time, as Lizzo says, right? What's frustrating is like, you know, a straight man plays a gay part and people are almost like, how did he do it? Let's give him an award. And then like when it's vice versa, it's like, one, if we let you do it, and two, you're like, well, you're expected to be able to do it that way. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. What are your thoughts on that? I know a lot of people have very different opinions. What do you think about the idea of, you know, straight men being casted to play queer? I think like at a foundational level, like it is acting and I don't want it to get to a point where you can only play exactly what you are in real life. That's boring and that's not what it's supposed to be. And people have said this in a much more eloquent way than I'll be able to say it, but I think it just comes down to like opportunities Mm. and, you know, I think we've like really seen it come to a like better place now, especially for like trans roles. I think, you know, nowadays you'd be insane to take a trans role where that's something that could have happened. Like, you know, not even 10 years ago, but it was because, you know, trans actors were not getting those opportunities Right. to even tell their own stories and, you know, definitely not to, you know, tell a cis story. And I think, you know, I don't think that straight actors like shouldn't be able to play gay, gay but I'd like it to 
go the other way more too. And I think, you know, people want also authentic stories, you know, more of them where queer actors are telling queer stories. So I don't know. Is that a cop-out answer? No, no. I think what you're saying is you just want a seat at the table. Like, you know, straight actors get to play all these different roles. You just want queer people to have a seat at the table as well. I think it's fair, you know? So I don't know. I'm just going to continue going out trying to steal all the other straight roles I can. Let's go. I'm ready for you in like a Marvel superhero movie. Come on, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. I'm down. I love that. So Hunter, I'm very interested in the idea and the conversation around mental health. I think it's super important and I'm glad we're finally talking more about it as a society. You know, on a personal level, I lost a friend early last year to a mental health struggle and I just... I'm making an effort to bring this topic up more in my conversations with people because you just never know who's listening and who can feel seen or helped by a conversation like this. And Mm -hmm. with somebody like you who's on such a public platform, and yes, you receive so much praise and so many people just adore you and, and now follow you, obviously, through your growing social media channels. But with that, obviously, comes trolls and the keyboard warriors who hide behind and and say awful things to all of us. We've all received it and gotten it. How do you on a personal level deal with those comments when they come up? Talk to me about your relationship with kind of tuning out the negative. First of all, I'm so sorry about your friend. It does affect me. It's really horrible. Some of the things like people will say and like can so casually just, you know, come on to another humans page and throw out there is like baffling to me. Um, we also have to like, remember like, it's like people like for better or worse, you know, they wouldn't say that stuff to you in real life or most of the time. Um, I think last time we talked, I had like told you I had to like limit comments on my Instagram because it was affecting me because I, I couldn't understand why, you know, I was, posting about the show and you know at the time like you know those posts would get like 2000 comments but then my wedding photos from 6 months ago had 8000 comments and it was people like fighting in the comments and and a lot of like support but then just so much like just horrible like ugly hatred and like at first I would like see stuff pop up and I'd like just try to like delete a comment when I like happen to see it pop up in like the stream of notifications. Um, but then I went and like actually clicked on it and was like scrolling through and there's just so much awful stuff in there that I couldn't keep up with. I couldn't like, I didn't want to put that much energy into it and I couldn't keep up if I did want to. And so I, you know, I limited it to, just at least people who follow me. So I was like, okay, you have to at least want to be here. And I still get some comments like that. The people are taking that extra step to follow me. And then I'm sure comment something awful and then unfollow me. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I like, you know, I personally tried to, you know, set that boundary, but it does affect you. And I think it would be hard not to. I always say the real world matters, right? Because we forget sometimes, especially the fandom is amazing and they get so passionate about the projects like Wednesday and, and, you know, whatever shows or movies they watch, but 
sometimes you have to remind everybody like you're playing a character. It's not who you are and you're not Tyler. Have you found that distinction one that you've had to kind of make more and more as the popularity of the show goes on? You know, the actual like fans of the show are amazing. And like, I think get that and they engage with all of us in what seems to me like a really fun way. And especially like the younger fans of the show, it's so cool for me to see like, there's this whole like online campaign called like win Claire because they want Wednesday to be with her roommate Enid Sinclair. And so that's like their ship name. But like for me, I was like, oh my God, this is like the great irony of my life that I'm kind of getting, you know, in a fun way trolled for being in the way of a gay relationship. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And there's and like there's just so cool and fun. And I don't know, I love that like, you know, these like, you know, teenagers are like, no, more gay. <laughs> like yeah, I'm telling you, it's something I've noticed with the show as well. I've interviewed a lot of people from many different shows, and the fandom around Wednesday seems incredible. Wait a minute, I've got to ask you now. So aside from Tyler being a little little bit crazy, uh-huh. aside from that, <laughs> who would you be interested in seeing your character get in a relationship with on the show? Anyone, any, any demon, werewolf, man, woman, anything in between, whatever. Who do, who would Tyler ship? Who would you like to see? Oh, wow. I don't know. I mean, I really want to explore like what is real between Wednesday and Tyler, because, you know, on her end, she really fully, you know, fell for it and for him. And I think that there was an initial like genuine attraction between them because when they first meet, he doesn't know who she is. Um, and is like, I think interested in her. And, and then I think that there's like this, like, you know, sexual kind of compatibility or like, you know, flirtiness, the fact that they like, can kind of like go at each other at the like same level with like their digs and also like, yeah, just the way they like interact in that way. I think like they both like rise to the challenge of each other, which is fun. I don't know. I I guess I haven't spent too much time thinking about like who else in the show Tyler could end up with. Like to me, that was, that was pretty far from what I was thinking about. Well, I gave you something to think about now. Yeah, you can, okay. come, you can come back to me with that. Okay. <laughs> what is something you can tell me about that you're working on just for yourself? And I think for me, it's like, I, this probably goes back to like social media stuff too, but like, I wish I didn't spend so much time and energy thinking about like, like looks and like my, my body and like, just like, my relationship to like, you know, food and stuff. I think it's almost impossible to kind of like be in this industry and that not to like be in your head all the time. Um, and I know that's like a thing for, you know, a lot of people not in there aren't actors or in front of the camera in any sense. So I think it's cool that people are like talking about that more now, but I still haven't found a way for me yet to, get to where I want to be with like how I feel about all that stuff. So you're trying to find a better or more positive way to kind of 
you know, deal with how you view your body is, is what you're yeah, saying. Definitely. Do you feel that you put a lot of the pressure on yourself or do you feel like through your work that's added pressure as well? Both. There's definitely an added pressure of like it being like stuff like, you know, being recorded or being photographed or being on camera. But then like, if I'm actually taking a step back, like the only criticism I'm really hearing is from inside my own head. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. So when you hear that voice, which we all have, how do you kind of quiet it and carry on in a way that it doesn't cripple you and, and, you know, cause you to just have a terrible rest of your day or week? I think that's kind of what I'm trying to work on and figure out is how to quiet it more. I've seen a lot of stuff, you know, just about like being like grateful for your body. And like, I try to like think about, you know, even like working out is like something that like, more about like what your body like can do and being grateful for that. Like but one thing that specifically helped me is actually I, I lost my dad a few years ago. He passed away because he had ALS and he was like a tennis player and like he played professionally and then like he taught tennis all of my like childhood growing up. And so then to see him like lose control of his body and like, you know, fully be there in his mind, but then his body just like totally fail him. Like that was like a big kind of awakening moment for me. It was like, oh, Alice is about so much more than just, you know, how I look in the mirror. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's powerful. I'm sure watching that could not have been easy for you. No, yeah, I was, uh, it was really difficult, especially just for to be him and like, you know, all my memories of him are him being so active and running around and yeah it was then that was you know the hardest thing i've ever had to go through well thank you for sharing that and and also for talking about the layer that you would take off and work on i think that we don't talk enough about in our society the struggles that males have with body image and it's very real and I've, i've discussed this with many people before and i think that just in a way that a lot of women have talked to me about feeling the pressures of being super thin or having the curves or whatever it may be. I think there is also a lot of pressure on men to look a certain way sometimes. And I think we need to, as a society work on not commenting on people's bodies. Yeah. Like whether you're athletic or not athletic or whatever the case may be, like, let's just let people be. And if you're close to a friend, of course that's different, but in general, like I'm, I'm not comfortable when people talk about that with me. It's just weird. I don't want the compliment. I just rather you talk to me and let's talk about other things, right? It's just, it's awkward. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like you feel the same way. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Like, let's just focus on things that matter. So I appreciate that you're putting it out there. I think a lot of people listening today also have the same struggle, no matter who they are. And I think knowing that this seemingly together and perfect guy that many people will look at you and think because of your success, right? Which can be deceiving, but they think success Mm -hmm. means you're okay and you're perfect and everything's great. Everything's working out. (laughs) Right, right. You also have struggles that everybody else has. So thank you for for that. Hope you enjoyed your experience. Yeah, I always enjoy talking to you. Thanks for having me on. This was so much fun, Hunter. I am such a fan of you personally and professionally, and I am excited to see where season two takes you with everything. And I'm glad we could deep dive into the show and then talk about some other fun things. So 
I have a feeling I'll be chatting with you again when season two finally comes out. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Well, be well and thank you so much. And I'm glad. And wait, you didn't give me the finger like your childhood picture. Is it too late? I mean, I think I need one. At this point, I need one. (laughs) There we go. Yes. Yes. I've Never Said This Before is hosted by me, Tommy D'Addario. This podcast is produced and edited by Mike Coscarelli, and executive producers are Andrew Puglisi and Katrina Norvell at iHeartRadio. I've Never Said This Before is part of the Elvis Duran Podcast Network on iHeart Podcasts. For more, rate, review, and subscribe to our show. And if you like this episode, tell your friends. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Tommy D'Addario. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.